Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the modalidade on BTV, you can now catch the recaps and also modalidade talk on Befigan Pennant, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befigan uh, Pennant the only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Benfica Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. I'm Keaton Parks. Listen to the Benfica podcast. Ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. É que há gente que é engraçado, que é crer, que é mental, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão com outra explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Fica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumaças. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Little, little, a little uh, false start here. Cristiano, my gaming. We were oh, wrong part. Wrong part. Wrong part. What's going on? Alfredo? Uh, same old, same old. Hey, are we closer to, a, to an actual real game? To a real Exciting game. Exciting times. I mean, this roster has had such a turnover from last last season's disappointing roster that, I mean, I can't wait for the first game of the year. Yeah, maybe so. With us, we don't have Dave. Dave can be with us tonight. We wish him uh, well. Love you, Dave. Love you. Uh, with us, our, our producer extraordinaire, Bruno. Bach. Hello, hello. Hello, my friends. Good to be here. Bruno is actually in the same room as us, but we had to figure out something with the multi-camera. So we have That's a camera right. on Bruno. He's in the corner of the room over there. We're over here, as always. And this He's screen, over there, we're over here. And this screen right here is only room for one ugly person. We can't have two. So, I mean, I take up the <laughs> ugly part. So two guys, two I know, John. People. What's happening, John? John, been, John. Been a while, man. Uh, I know that uh, you've been traveling, man. Safe travels. I know you're in Portugal not too long ago. Hope everything is well over there. Where the hell are you talking to? John, in the comments. He knows what I'm talking about. Hey, John. Welcome. <laughs> you remember you're John. in Portugal. We we met him in uh, Connecticut. He had, his, he had his son with him. I thought that was Hugo. No, it was John. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, hey, John. <laughs> thank you for the prestige nata. No, it's not. It's not. You didn't meet him in Connecticut. You weren't with us in Connecticut. I was. Did you go eat? Before the game, in, not not Connecticut, Pittsburgh. Sorry, oh, Pittsburgh. That's yes. what I meant. Oh, see, Pittsburgh. you're messing me all up. Sorry, this guy. Don't pay attention to this guy, ladies and gentlemen. Good man. All right, awesome. So, uh... <laughs> but John, welcome anyway. John, appreciate it. You know, what I mean, I hope. Uh, thanks for sharing the kid and uh, not sharing. Thanks for introducing the kid to us, and I hope he's doing well. Yeah. How's that? His uh, his, his son uh, was a big fan of Salvio. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't. You didn't. Oh, I don't know if you so, met him. Uh, oh, he was at uh, Red Bull also. We met him shortly at Red Bull. Anyway, uh, welcome Taylor. Welcome everybody. Uh, Sergio. Taylor Swift. Hey Sergio, when are, when are you gonna when are you gonna be back on Twitter, brother? <laughs> What's Sergio? Já foste. Já foste. Onde é que estás? Why? 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 Well, he's not on Twitter. He got suspended. Nah, him getting suspended. I don't believe it. I do not Dude, believe it. Why can't you use that Champions League credits that you had with all those views to get on Twitter, bro? But why did he get suspended? He got suspended because I think he used copyrighted material. Nah, not him. Já foste? He's a media whore, you know. Já foste. Yeah, I'm surprised Já foste is home right now watching this rather than like jumping in front of a camera somewhere in Toronto. Jafust, miss you, brother. Yo, by the way, Jafust, I got to wear this 1908 Benfica shirt because you don't send me any new gear. For what, this. what are you waiting for? How many shirts has he sent us? Like, at uh, least two. Not enough because I ain't wearing them. <laughs> That's where you got to do your laundry, bro. <laughs> anyway, welcome to our podcast, uh, episode number 413. Tonight, we will Benfica played the last two games of their preseason. We'll have some, some thoughts on those games. We're getting ready for... Um, For also the Champions League, we'll have a preview for you next week since the game happens on Wednesday. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk market also. If he could sign another player, uh, which, you know, Cristiano has the the scouting report from Ooh. straight from Italy on, on I Meite. I don't know nothing. Meite. So uh, here we are. Welcome, everyone. Uh, so let's get right into it. If he could play the, the last... Uh, Two games of their preseason. The first one against Lille, the second one against Marseille. We'll go with the Lille first. Uh, Vlaco Dimos in goal, Gilberto Virissim, Vertonghen and Grimaldo, Weigel and João Mario, Pizzi and Rafa on the wings, Walschmidt and Ramos. Uh, so again, the 4-4-2 uh, used by JJ. Um, but against uh, Marseille, we saw the 3-5-2 or whatever you want, 3-5-3, whatever you want to call 3, it. 3-5-3, that's too many players. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-5-4. 3-
Uh, and I'm not saying that Gonzalo Ramos is that, but I, some of the things that I see in Gonzalo Ramos that JJ may like is the fact that he never stops up front. And it was something that our our, our friend over in BTV was mentioning, um, João Martins, was that uh, he never stops. He never stops in the front line. He's always looking for pockets. He's always looking for lanes. He's always looking for, for, for space to, to get in. Uh, and he's a guy that, that works his ass off. Now, is he going to take away... Uh, Seferovic's spot? Probably not. Uh, but, but well, you know, you it's know still what? a viable option. Let's put our money on the table right now. Oh, chips. Damn, I got the chips back there. I can't, I can't reach them. But, ladies and gentlemen, chips. Do you think, and you too, Bruno, get in on this. Do you guys think Gonzalo Ram starts uh, against Spartak Moscow? He'll be one of the strikers that JJ opts for. No way. No way. I don't think so. He doesn't have the experience. I mean, I, he's too young for it, I think. Afred? No, I don't think he starts. Okay. I think that Seferovic gets the start. I, I think it's just it, it's just after everything that Seferovic <laughs> did last season, I think that, you know, unless JJ feels that he's not yet in tip-top condition, uh, I think that Seferovic starts. It's a no-brainer. I think that Rums could be a smart decision off the bench, uh, but I don't think he starts him. But uh, I mean, the kid's been has been has been good so far in the preseason. He's definitely making a case to to stay in a in a first season in a first team. He was in the first team uh, last year, but he didn't, but didn't play much. I, I love these questions. This is the reason why I was laughing because not laughing, smiling. You know, because I, I first of all, I'm happy to be here alongside you, gentlemen, once again. <laughs> Second of all, I love talking about free game. Third of all, it's a topic that we Alfredo. We discussed at length, at length, plenty of times last year. And it just, it, it's to me, I'm laughing because I'm the one that's here always arguing as to why he shouldn't be. You guys want him to get playing time. And now that the guy is on fire, and here's an opportunity. Fire. The guy scored against Gazapia. Come on. Dude. I mean, <laughs> not many, not many guys did that this year. <laughs> but no, but he look, he's played well in the preseason. And so I think you guys have been all on the on, on that side of you know of the aisle where you think he should be playing a lot more. And I mean, if he's not going to play now, where he comes in to this game where he's had some consistency, he had some consistent minutes in the preseason, and most importantly, he's actually put the ball in the back of the net. And you guys still think he's not going to play? So then, I mean, I don't think he's going to play as well. I think at the end of the day, as I stated in the last podcast. But it's going to be tough for him to get playing time as long as Ferovic and Vinicius are on this But team. I'll tell you this. But I would not be surprised. I will say this. Unlike you two who are big Gonzalo Ramos fans, I will not be surprised if JJ throws a, but, pulls a rabbit out of his hat and he does start in that. But here's, no, here's the thing, no here's, here's the thing that I'll tell you. Here's the thing that I'll tell you. If I'm inside JJ's brain, Seferovic starts, my choice would, would be Gonzalo Ramos. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying Severovic and Gonzalo Ramos? No. No, one or Gonzalo Ramos. Oh, okay. Well, the, whoever's the forward up front. Yeah. He's going to obviously play uh, a supporting guy. Uh, to answer Sergio's question, uh, Sublinha is back. He is training with the team. Uh, Chico Marcelino. Um, September. Dar September, it looks like. He'll be back. Yep, 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 yep. Look, I, I hope he, I hope whoever, first of all, I hope whoever the hell starts scores goals because we need him. We can't have another repeat of last year's upset against the almighty Pauk. Um, and, and second of all, we want a young kid like that to develop. But I, I do think JJ is probably going to opt for the uh, more experienced guys. Yeah. But again, as I stated before, Gonzalo Rums 
I know it's Casapillas and these, you know, smaller teams in the preseason and all. I said, Leo, whatever's a nice finish with the head, uh, with it, you know, off a corner, PZ corner, by the way. And he was, uh, you know, was able to get at the end of that corner and was able to tuck the ball away. And so fantastic for him. He's, he's been, look, this is the argument that can be made for the likes of, um, Gonzalo Rums, which is he's finally putting the ball, the, the ball in the back of the net. And as I stated last year during the season when you guys were clamoring for him to get more playing time, I was like, look, when he gets the opportunity, that one cross, I'll never forget it was a cross, and he had that shit and he hit the, 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 the corner flag. At least <laughs> now, it, it was close. <laughs> At least now he's putting the ball in the back of the net. So knowing JJ, I think he's going to opt for the more experienced guys. But because Gonzalo Rums has played so well here in the preseason, I don't even know, not so well, but he's been able to put the ball in the back of the net. I think. He, knowing JJ, you know how he is. He likes to throw surprises at people. After all, he did start the Vila Luisa left back and there they go. So we never know what this guy will do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, you know, interesting game. It's good to see the progression of the team in terms of, you know, how the team is is more cohesive, gelling together. There's some processes there. But the, the one problem that, that I see, and it, it's almost like, seeing a, a repeat of what we saw last season there's not enough chances being created offensively and a team like Benfica has to have a lot of chances created and it has to put away goals and right now I just don't see that happening um and against Marseille we had same issue um good stuff in terms of dynamics in in the in the back uh the build out on in the back the high press uh, also to get that ball back, but we're not creating enough chances up front uh, to be able to have a chance to capitalize. And I think that if you don't create, then obviously your your percentage of, of putting things, balls away, are, is going to be much less. Well, yeah, in particular, a game like this, where obviously Benfica's got all the pressure coming into this game. I know the first tie, the first match up is in, in, in Russia, the second leg being at home. Uh, but yeah, the pressure is all on Benfica. It's all on JJ. Benfica has to go to Russia and they have to come away, you know, 2 nothing lead. They have, to, they have to put the ball in the back of the net. So um, it's important that they do take advantage of the few opportunities that they get. And right now, that's why I said I won't be surprised if it is Ramos because. He's been hot. And I know the other guys have been on vacation. They haven't really yeah. uh, had much, you know, rhythm here in the preseason. Uh, so I would not be surprised if JJ throws a wrench in things and surprises even his old foe, Rui, victorious um, <laughs> in that all-important first matchup because Benfica has to come away with the with the nice lead coming at the start of the lose and, you know, just take care of their own business. Yeah, I have a, a question, though. So who do you think is the second of Ansad? And uh and I'm guessing you, you think Vinicio has no chance at all then. Well, from what CM was reporting is that Vinicius is on the market. Right. That J, JJ basically doesn't doesn't really believe in him or feels that he could add anything to this team. Look, I won't. Uh, I do think uh, I will not be surprised, I should say, if both Svetovic and Vinicius, by the time September rolls around, these guys are both out. One thing, Svetovic had a... F- so, you know, they had, a, they had a good season last year. Say what you want. He finished second behind Pot for, for, for leading goal scorer in Portugal. Um, he had a lot of ups and downs, but at the end of the day, he scored goals. And, and as I mentioned before, he was our most consistent goal scorer last year. Then he went on to have a fantastic Euro. So Benfica, I think that they missed the boat three seasons ago, two seasons ago, well, three now, 
when he scored 31 goals and they didn't sell him. But and his this stock is, is higher now. That's what I don't know if his stock is higher, but that it might be whatever. But his stock now. The point is that this is one of the last opportunities, unless the guy comes into the season and scores a boatload of goals, and his stock even raises even higher because he got the World Cup next year. But this is one of the final opportunities that Benfica is going to get to transfer someone like his Fedovic. And then the Vinicius, the whole thing with Vinicius, the only reason why I believe he's still on the team at this point is because the priority coming into this season is not just the Campeonato at the end of the year, but the most important priority, the main goal, the first goal, the first objective at the beginning of the season is to qualify for the Champions League. So they're going to have to do everything they can. They're going to have to have guys that know the house, that understand the coach, that understand the language, understand the culture. They can't afford to let these guys go and bring in guys that are going to take time to adapt. And then you have all these, you have these all important games at the beginning of the season to qualify for the Champions League. But I do believe Benfica gets through, now nah, if, when Benfica gets through Spartak Moscow, and then they have the, the final playoff, right, matchup, and Benfica gets through that hurdle, and Benfica qualifies for next this upcoming season's Champions League, I believe both of them guys, there's a great possibility that they're both out. And the reason why I believe Vinicius might be on the way out, and I believe I, I do believe he will be out at the end of the year, is because he's represented by men's. Just like last year, I know, guys, look, we're all sitting here. We're all being Fikistas. We adore our club. But I know, I know all of you have the same reaction. Tottenham, like, what the? Vinicius at Tottenham. You know, like, I hadn't been to Wolverhampton. Okay, fine. At Tottenham. So if J if Aurelius where am I going? If Mendes could pull off such a move, I would not be surprised if Vinicius is on a move by the time the, the transfer windows. Right? I think, you know, there's a great possibility. But at first, they have to qualify for the yeah. Champions League. Um, Sergio was asking about uh, Paul Bernard. I think that I think that Paul Bernard, and if you heard last week's podcast, I, I'm surprised by by Paul Bernardo. He's been the big surprise for me in terms of the young kids. I think that JJ could use him as a utility player. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be using him at right back, especially when Almeida and Gonzalez are going to be back. And then at eight, he's already mentioned at the end of the Mercedes game that he's got plenty of guys that play in that eight spot. Uh, but I think he's he's a kid that has talent. He has bite in him. He has technique. He's already shown that he could play a little bit of right back. To me, he's an upgrade over Gilbert. Uh, but still, it's not his natural position. Uh, so we'll, we'll, look, we'll see what happens. Yes, guys, guys, as I as, as I've sit here, I think every single podcast this 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 preseason so far, it's preseason. I mean, this is when JJ's go J well, whatever coach you name the coach. This is when they're going to play their young kids. They're going to play the kids that they know a lot about to see what they're on. They're trying to understand these players. They're trying to get to know these players better. And look, I'm pretty sure he surprised um, uh, JJ, and he's proved that in case of an emergency, he could play that position. But as you mentioned, Andre Almeida should be back. You got Diogo Gonçalves. You have the almighty Gilberton. You know what I mean? There's there's a couple of different options ahead of him. But this is the time to play these kids. It's in preseason. If he's not going to play these kids in preseason, why even have him on the main team after all? I get it. I know. So you can't read too much into it. There's I always understand. the Tassas de Liga and yeah, yeah, those stuff games. like that. But no. even then, I don't think, I, I think for Tassas de Liga, look, right now, Benfica, I think combined, you might not have anything great. But right now, Benfica has three first team right backs Diogo Gonçalves, Andre Almeida, and Gilberton. I don't know if I would consider Gilberto a first team right back. Why? Where's he going? Well, I mean, in terms of capabilities, does well, he have the skill to be the, a starter? Is he going to be on the right back? He's, he's on the main team. He's going to be on the. He's going to be on Befica's main squad. Hopefully not. Why would we carry three right backs? As of right now, he's on Befica's main squad. Ship him off to Brazil. 
We're all afraid of whether we like, look, there's, <laughs> I think you and I could go up and down that roster and say ship, 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 and we'd be left like four guys. But I just don't, you know, again, I, there's other options ahead of him. Um, uh, look, I'm glad that he's going to look in preseason. Gildias also had some some minutes in that. Another position. guy that could play a left back and he could play a right back. So, That's right. and yeah. Jensen. I mean, we got like 20 different <laughs> options. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, and, and as we we start seeing JJ's uh, first cuts ahead of this uh, Marseille game, when when if he could travel down to uh, where was he could travel to to play Marseille? Was it Algarve? Algarve, Algarve, Algarve. Yeah, they traveled. To, so there was the a, there was a all, there was a roster. Yeah, there was a roster list um, that uh, that went out, and and you're starting to see the roster how it, it shapes up. Obviously, there's some guys that are injured, not going to be able to make the team, uh, but still, the Marseille game, we finally saw, uh, you know, the the three uh, the three five two. Wait, was it the Marseille game? Yeah, the Marseille game, we saw the the three uh, the three five three five two. Three, three five three. two or three four three. Three four three. All right. Three four three. It depends. But look, I know it but whatever. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was interesting. It was interesting to see um see Tarapt as a second forward, a, a position that he's a lot more natural than he is as as an eight. Um he is a guy that with talent and, and creativity to play in that position that can find the holes. I just don't know if he has the mobility to play in that second striker role. I Who's know Tarapt. I know he's your favorite, but you don't think that opt has the ability to play in the second in that uh, that that false he nine? He, he has the ability. I just don't know if he has the mobility. I I I, I look, but because here, he, okay. If I'm playing, if this. I'm playing the delta if I'm playing the delta opt, that if me personally to get the best out of the delta opt, that's where I would play him in that false nine, that free roller. Okay, but it's very important that when you're playing him, that. The same thing doesn't happen last year to the few occasions that he did play as a false nine, which was you had guys in the midfield that had no ability to get the ball to him, and it's clueless because then he has to drop back in order to get the ball. If you have a Vigo, you have a Maite, you have these types of guys that could get them the ball, I'm comfortable with that. But if he's not going to get the ball, then it's pointless. But think about this, right? Mm -hmm. Let, let's let's do a, a, a trip through memory lane in the, in the teams that J.J. has had as a second forward. It's always been guys that are very mobile. In terms of the ground they could cover behind that forward. And I don't think that Tarapt has that mobility to fit in this idea. That's about, where I was going with that. Okay. I, I think the aggressiveness. Mobility, he's look, he's well, think about true, Lima. He's a true 10. He doesn't have that aggressive motor. Uh, think about Lima. Yeah, right? I don't understand. Think Saviola. about Saviola. Yes, yeah, all guys that could get around, all guys that their motor doesn't stop. But I think Adel Tarapt is a little different because those guys were just like they could put the ball in the back of the net. Saviola was was a little bit different than Alima. Alima is a hardworking guy that's going to do everything he's going to do to follow coach instructions, pressure, 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 get on the end of things and score those scrappy goals. And sometimes he could finish with the best of them, but different. The Delta Opt, if he's going to play in that role, it's more of a setup role, more of an organizer, a guy that's going to that's going to equilibrate the opposition. I get it, but so, but does he have to be deeper? on the field in order to have the game in front of him if he or is a guy that could play with his back to the goal. I, I trust, look, he hasn't been the same player since he's arrived in Mifika that we all knew at QPR Tottenham and then the fantastic six months he spent at, at AC Milan. Um, I, I trust that he can do it. But again, 
it's important that you have someone in the midfield that's able, like a João Mario, right? Who's it going to be? I personally, I've been told it's going to be Maite and it's going to be João Mario. The guy on the odds, the guy on the outside sitting and looking in is going to be Vigo. Again, I have to see that in order to believe it. But from what I understand, that's going to be JJ's preference. That's who he's going to opt first. Uh, those two, that's going to be his preference. João Mario. Look, we've all talked about him here on the podcast. Doesn't do, doesn't do anything fantastic. Doesn't do anything bad. But he's the type of guy that can get the ball, distribute, organize the game somewhat. And then I believe that someone like that that could get the ball to a guy like a Tarap. And then you let Tarap at the end. You have PZ coming in from one side, Everton or Rafa. Everton coming in from the other side. And then Seth, Ramos, Avini, whomever it is, Darwin making the runs. It could work. But it's important that Adel Terap is in those dangerous positions as opposed to doing what he did last year when he played the few times in that role where he kept dropping back to get the ball. Yeah. And then it becomes useless. I understand. He becomes absolutely. So he needs to get the ball get in those that. dangerous areas. So we'll see what happens, man. We'll see I what just, happens. Um, yeah, it's, we'll see. I mean, I and I think I enjoyed him seeing him as a second forward in this game against Marseille more than I than any of the other times last season when he played as a second forward. Yeah, and then the you know, one thing about Adele, we love him. And he did that this game as well. He likes to take one touch too many. He likes to get one on one. And he you lost the ball. They about the... There's nothing wrong with that. There's not hey, Alfredo. <laughs> let me tell you something. It's one of those inflatables. <laughs> yeah, the, the inflatable at the car wash. You gotta stop that because refs are gonna be calling that. Let thing. me tell you guys son. I was 16 years old. Never forget this. And I go to practice with uh bunch of guys there's and one guy in particular played in three different world cups all right and i put pressure on him and he sticks out his elbow and he catches me right in the adam's apple bro. i couldn't breathe i'm on the floor yeah, but one thing is to dominate on, but he space. taught me but he taught me how to you the point is that he stopped man you all right whatever and the guy spoke to him. once he taught at 16 years old he taught me the lesson you gotta play. You gotta protect yours, and sometimes you gotta listen. It you well, one see, thing is protecting your space, the other thing is flailing. There's your nothing. Arms. I don't personally. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. The pro. <laughs> I don't. I'm being honest, and I'm not defending that. Opt. I I think that any player that does it in the Portuguese league, where everybody just dives on the floor for any type of contact, they're gonna look for anything to initiate that contact in order to go down. Look, he's got to fight for his space. I guess sometimes he might take it overboard, but again, I have nothing. I, I personally, I don't have a problem with that. Me personally. Because if he doesn't do that and he loses the ball, keeps his arms out, what are you going to say? The guy's not fighting for the ball. Look, that's his style of play. And he likes to use his arms to protect himself. I'm I'm totally okay with that. Me personally. Apparently, J.J. Uh, is too because he had a comment on one of the comp post or post conferences in, in which they asked him about it. And he, he just said that that's the one. Ay, ay, ay. Bro, but it's the truth, though. That happens in <laughs> that happens in, in the EPL. It happens in other leagues where not these ticky-tacky fouls are called in the Portuguese league. And it's just fine. It's just in the port. And I know he had one here against Marseille, and the dude got pretty upset. But, again, he's fighting for his position. He's fighting it out. And yeah. I'm, I'm totally – and it's not because I'm going to dot that up. But as, but as, uh, as somebody in the commentary was saying, apparently refs have been instructed to be calling these uh, more often this season. So it might it might uh, it might spell uh, trouble for Tarat, but nonetheless, I think that um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's it's a viable option. I what think, spells trouble for Tarat? I the 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 new rule that the refs are going to be enforcing with the flailing of the arms. So now they have an anti-Tarat rule. Not an anti-Tarat oh, rule. It's just a it's just a rule that uh, makes referees watch for that. Um, 
look, I don't have a problem if you got Bro, the ball have and you the, open your arms. Here's the but thing. when you're swinging them like this, I, Alfredo, that I have a I got to make space. No, make... you're swinging. Do swing it. Yo. Listen, guys, 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 guys. Mouse you're making and a ball. you're making a bigger thing of this than what it should be made of. The end of the you're day, just biased, dude. I'm not. Why? I, you're biased. I, I play like that. Why are we muted? Oh, you're that's not, different. You're one. Not muted. I I play like that, dude. You have to gain your space. You have to fight for the ball. And at the end of the day, at the end of the, in today's football. More so than five, ten years ago. Today you have VAR, right? If a guy's making contact and it hits in the face, and you could tell it's deliberate, yeah, they could very easily. Oh, referee, oh, press that this Oh, guys, bro. But a lot of times you see he pushes off here, pushes off here on his shoulder. Guys are falling to the ground as if you punched them in the face, and they're they're actually getting that call. In today's football, with the insertion of a uh, 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 insert insert insertion insert yeah, stupid. A VAR, right? There should be no room in football for that. They can absolutely monitor it at all times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's up? What's up, Murais? Long man, time Mo. no speak, man. Mo, 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 your boat. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, favorite goalie. I we'll we'll go, we're going in order, but we'll answer questions. Favorite goal right now. I don't. I don't. I'm favorite not, goalie. Uh, I don't like any goalies on this squad, dude. To be honest, I really. Don't, I'm not favorite goalie. On, we're thumbs Malavitwaj. Thumbs Malavitwaj. I'm not big on on either Helton or 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 Vlakodimos. Never mind Filar. I don't think even Filar makes the conversation. But it's just two guys that don't really inspire confidence. Just like. Uh, O'Block used to do, Ederson Bro. used to do, guy, even, even, uh, what's his name, what's his name, uh, Murais, uh, Tur Murais, uh, he was a guy that, uh, that I, that I liked and that he inspired <laughs> oh, confidence, but Jesus. I don't know, I don't know about inspired Elton late, man. Papa, let me, let me ask you guys a question, and then you guys say I'm biased, but I have a very simple question. In the 10, 15 games or so, that the great, Elton Milk played last year. <laughs> Elton Milk. Okay. <laughs> what flop? Like, what? Can you pinpoint to a goal like that? Senior met that, like, yo, that guy made a yo. That's a mistake. You can't. You can't eat that. He doesn't inspire confidence, bro. If you're gonna compare everybody to your there was to, there was to, one, to your ex that was mis- to, to, to your ex supermodel mistake. girlfriend, bro. That's not a yo. Come on, bro. You can't do that. If you're gonna compare everybody to a block no, and Ederson, the, we're in trouble, bro. The Helton doesn't inspire me confidence. Never mind Vlacodimos. But I got more confidence when Helton is in there because he actually comes out for he catches the ball. It, like any cross into the box and Vlacodimos attacks it, he's punching it out. He's not again, and I've complained about this play. It says shot straight at him, crosses straight at him. All he had to do is you did that again ball, against Marseille. Gather the ball, keep possession. Let your team get back into position. You could, you know, start a counterattack. No, what he does is he punches it out, gives the ball right back to the opposition, puts the ball in a scoring opportunity for you. To me, I have more confidence in a guy that at least, at the very least, knows how to come out for crosses, knows how to come out of his line, knows how to hold on to the ball. If that doesn't give you confidence, I don't know what does. Now, if you're going to compare everybody to Ederson or Block, you're going to be here a very long time not trusting if he could goalkeeper. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then the, the Marseille game, obviously. We're not going to talk about the results because it's really preseason. doesn't matter. But to me, the biggest problem, as I mentioned, is I don't think that Mefiga produces enough chances uh, in the final third. 
there's a lack of dynamics also in the final third. And I see that this as being the biggest problem. I think well, that to defensively. Be, to be fair, Alfredo, when you have Rafa that was out for three weeks on, you know, after his European participation vacation, you got a Everton that's supposed to be one of your key players on vacation from Copa America. Then he has to quarantine for 14. But you can't be dependent on players. The the, well, but Alfredo, the but dynamics but Alfredo, has to be there. But Alfredo. The, the dynamics has to be there. Bro. All the Those players guys, need to know where to move, where to be, where to go get a ball, where to be in the lane, what spaces to open up. All of that is training by the coach. The positioning, the runs, everything is training by the coach. And don't tell me, oh, uh, Rafa's out. Rafa's not in his best shape. Sabalina's not Alfredo. hasn't been playing. We can't create because of that. Well, you should still be able to create even if those guys aren't there. I I, to I totally understand what you're trying to say. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you're going from a Ferrari to a Pinto, I mean, the difference is going to be a huge difference. Like, at the end of the day, Everton is supposed to be a big difference maker. He's supposed to be one of your best players. He's your second most expensive player in the history of, of, of Portuguese football. The dude is there. He has the ability to beat guys one-on-one. -on -one. He has the ability to create. And again, this is preseason. Let me see this first game when the marbles are on the table and it actually means something, the intensity, all that goes up. So let's see the very first game. But at the end of the day, you can't tell me there's no difference between playing a, a Gildi as Gildi as a left back and playing a Grimaldo a left back. They should still know, okay, fine, you should know what to do, but your ability as compared to mine it's totally different, bro. Your ability is next level. My ability, oh, you know what I mean? You can't expect me to do things that I can't do. So I see what you're saying, and you're not crazy for it. But at the end of the day, I, when I, you're missing that caliber player on a Benfica roster that doesn't have that many players at that caliber, but we it's a big difference. But I'm seeing the same problem that we had last year. We just didn't create. There are first corner against Marseille. Not that a corner is any indicative of... Uh, goal chances or whatever that XD statistic is, our first corner against Marseille was in the second half. Well, Alfred, I'll say this. I'll say this. If you really want to get technical, you really want to get into things, this, the projected starting 11, the projected starting 11 is pretty much the same exact team from last year with the exception of João Mario. And maybe I was told Mete is going to start over Vigo. But again, like I said to you before, I want to see it before I believe it. You know João Mario is going to play. The difference might be take out Del Trapt and search João Mario in this position. So in a team that had a lot of deficiencies last year, a lot of holes, and as you said, we struggled for huge portions of the season to create opportunities. Well, guys, if the main addition to this to this club is João Mario, you can't expect the, change, the team to change much from last season. Now, I think what Benfica is banking on and what they're hoping is that the Darwins of the world aren't as bad as they were last year. They're hoping Everton doesn't take eight months to assert himself, right? They're hoping that Rafa is a little bit more consistent. They're hoping that having the three guys in the back and Virisumu now in the in-house, you know, they're able to play their system. So, I mean, that's what they're banking on. Because if you're really looking at what should be so different from last year, the only difference is Juan Mario. It may be Maite. It's the only difference. Everything else is pretty much the same. Still going to be Grimaldo. They're going to be most likely the old Gonçalves or Gilberto on the right. You're going to have the three guys in the middle, Vertonghen, Verissimo, and Otamendi. Up top, Sferovic or Vinicius, right? For now, at least. told you that JJ doesn't want Vinicius. No, but right now he's playing. Right now he's going to play. Right now he's going to play. You know how long he played against Marseille? That's fine. What's his name? 
Sferovic on his well, that monster year that he had on the Ruby daughter, he didn't play a single minute in preseason. He played three minutes. That's Vinicius fine. Played three minutes against Marseille. He's until Benfica qualifies. I just for the gave champion. you inside information. You're refusing to accept it. Well, no, he's only played three minutes. I don't know. That's everybody the inside knows. Inside information is that he's on. He's on a selling block. He I believe it. I, but what did I tell you? I believe it. So, but you're including him in his starting eleven. I didn't say starting eleven. I said Sferovic's going to be in the starting eleven. I said he's going to play. Sferovic, could be Vinicius. It could. He's going to. I think, Alfredo. <laughs> if you honestly think it's Sferovic, I think Gonzalo Ramos plays over over uh, Vinicius. Okay. I I mean, yo, Bruno, rewind the tape to thirty minutes ago where I said Vinicius. <laughs> Vinicius is because of who his agent is. He's gone. I said that, yeah. but he's not going to be gone until Benfica qualifies. If Benfica qualifies for the Champions League, there's going to be a boatload of guys leaving. There's going to be a boatload of guys, not boatload, but there's going to be guys leaving and there's going to be guys coming in. Believe that. If Benfica doesn't qualify, they got no money. No. They're going to, some of these guys that are on the transfer block right now will have to be included back into the roster. And the few guys that have any type of value have to go out in order for Benfica to balance their books. I get it. I understand. I'm just telling you that Vinicius doesn't count right now. Um, so after seeing all these preseason games, uh, what are what are some of the areas that we still need to uh, to reinforce? According to you, goalkeeper. No, I'm okay with the goalkeeper. <laughs> it's all right. It's right back. Uh, full, I think fullbacks. Here's the question I got: fullbacks and forward. For me, fullbacks and forwards. Fullbacks. What I got a huge question. If we're gonna play a three four three or three five two, who's our? We got two thirty plus thirty three plus year old <laughs> center backs. We have another 24, 25 year old center back who's always injured. He's been injured a lot since he's arrived from Santos at Benfica. Who's our fourth center back? Morato. Morato. Or Ferro. <laughs> okay. Again, we need another fourth center back. So then you got in the midfield. Is Maite really the answer? I don't know. We shall see. We'll talk about Maite in okay. a little bit. Uh, but for me, I think that uh, forwards and, and, and fullbacks, not necessarily multiple of them, but I think forwards? that we I think we need a we need a killer up front. We need a matador up front. We need a guy that's gonna put the ball in the back of the net. We got Pino, bro. Scored two against this last. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sold on Pino. As a matter of fact, I think he's going. We gonna... got Vini Go. We got. I think. I. I. Whether we have a legit matador, no, we don't. But I think we have five viable options. At least right now, Alfredo. I'm talking about today as we do this podcast. Right now, we have five viable options: Sferovic, Vinicius, Gonzalo Ramos, Darwin, and Pinho. Do we really need to? I mean, if there's bigger holes, is that something you're gonna waste money on? You think that that's one of the priorities? I'm asking. Uh yeah. When your forwards suck. <laughs> When your forwards suck, you need to get a guy that's that's not as sucky as them, or that's better than them. I look, I just I don't know if I could take another season of Seferovic missing those all those sitters and all those goals. But you could take it's another just, season of Darwin missing those. Well, no, I I think like like you said, I mean, Darwin, Darwin has to pay forwards. a lot a lot more, a lot better this season, upcoming season. He really had. I mean, one season under your belt. You need to come. You need to come and bring a different attitude, 
uh, and obviously different skills also. There was a lot of times that he passed the ball when he should have taken it himself. There was a lot of times that he just tripped on a ball. I mean, he's got to he's got to step up his game. Yeah, uh, look, I'm not. If, if there's a legit guy out there, Tazon Cavani. If there's a legit guy out there that we can get of that magnitude, I'm not gonna say no. Well, and then there's a guy out there. There's a guy out there. I'm not starting any rumors. Ladies and gentlemen, don't hit me up on Twitter. I don't want to hear it. But there's a guy out there that there's, you know, still some buzz swirling around. He's a matador, Diego Costa. I believe a guy like that will only join Benfica if they make the Champions League. And, that, and that's that's a key. That's a key factor. And exactly. I think that you're going to need that. I think I, I like him. I just think he brings a lot of baggage. Bruno, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, maybe that's the play. Maybe we get into the Champions League. He comes. Vinicius is out. Maybe Seferovic is also out. And you end up having Costa, Ramos, and Pino. And Darwin. Maybe that's what the play is. I don't know. I'm not sure I rate Pino just yet. I don't I don't know if he's if he's an addition to this team, to be honest with you. A valuable oh, he's definitely addition. an addition. But what is <laughs> a valuable addition to this team. I don't know. I look, I, I'll tell you this much. <laughs> to come off the bench. I'm okay with him now. If you're, yeah, like, no, if you got to roll with him for two months, that's right now. I don't know enough about. Yeah, him. I just, I just haven't seen enough from him this preseason that will get me excited. Um, but I like so so far. I like, I, I enjoyed seeing Joe Mario. I'm excited about Joe Mario's contribution to this team, um, just because I feel that that's a player that fits more within that role that JJ wants. Maite, which Benfica just uh, just signed. Um, 27, is it 27? 27 year old defensive midfield, French midfield that Benfica bought from Torino, seven or eight million. I don't think they, they have divulged yet what the, what the value was. Uh, but from what I've seen, physical guy that JJ was looking for when he was asked in a press conference after the Marseille game about him, he said that it was a guy that brings qualities to the defensive midfield role that the players that he has right now don't do that uh and he spoke about uh Weigel and Florentino specifically for that sixth position and he said that what Maite brings is he brings that physicality he brings that presence in the midfield where players might be intimidated to go into those areas um which which he's he's not he's not uh he's not too far from the truth obviously but uh you know we'll we'll see man he's a guy that as 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 bounced a lot uh, on loans, uh, he's a guy that uh, Torino fans were happy to to see him go. But from the things I've seen on YouTube, and and obviously it's YouTube, I'm I'm encouraged by what he can bring to this team. Now JJ said that he's been nine weeks without working out. So how long does it take for him to get to speed? He's definitely not going to be available for for the game against Spartak. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be in shape against Spartak. Yeah, I heard the same thing that he was out of shape and he's it's gonna be a little bit. What kind of professionals are we signing, bro? What do you mean out of shape? The guy gets a three week break and he's out of shape in three weeks. He said that more than three weeks. I Come think on, he said guy, nine uh, weeks. Okay, what oh, nine weeks, damn. All right, look, here's a scout. <laughs> That's a lot. Here's a scouting report I have from, from someone I trust dearly. Um, I won't name him because in case he's wrong, then Topo Topo <laughs> he says, um, I said, yo, what's this, you know, what's, what's, what's the, 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 the scanner report on Bifi's latest signing? Swaliho, mate, 
And he says, think he'll do well in Portugal. But Milan was a level too high for him. Good engine. Wins the ball. Wins the ball back, but doesn't offer much going forward. A mobile trinco, basically. I think he's... And thank you for the scanner report. Love you, and, and I'll hit you up tomorrow. But I think he... What he knows, I don't know if he like the 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 comment where he doesn't offer much going forward. I'm not 100 on board. I think he could actually string a pass forward. I think he could actually pick out a pass. I think he's got that ability, and he likes to go forward. Now, whether he's exceptional at it or not, it's a different story. But I think in Portugal, he'll be fine. No, I think he'll be fine in Portugal. And look, it might be a guy that playing in a system, and we all know how JJ likes to devote. A lot of attention to that position. I mean, we saw him with Daran with Flamengo, or we saw him, uh, we saw him make great players out of Matic, right? Javi Garcia were all guys that kind of Witzel. came in. And well, well, Witzel was already a pretty good player. Yeah, Witzel, but, uh, Witzel was just a knucklehead. But he's the, the defensive midfielders, that's a position that JJ focused on. So he might bring out the rest, the, the best in him. And and I think I agree. For the Portuguese league, is he's good enough. He's good enough for the Portu Portuguese league. Yeah, the problem is we're hoping that it's more than just the Portuguese league. We're hoping it's the Champions League. And I think, look, he's he's not going to be uh, the guy that's going to be transferred from Benfica in two years for, for $120 million. But I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be serviceable, a guy that's going to do a good job. Um, and, and, look, the most important thing that we lacked in that midfield last year was that motor, that aggressiveness. And if he brings that, I think it's a welcome addition. Yeah. Um, Gary B asks, why didn't we pick up Fabio Cardoso? Yeah, why didn't we? Uh, I just think that we had way too many center backs and, and the priority to spend money wasn't really to buy a center back. That's that's my logical explanation. Now, when you talk about Fabio Cardoso, you got a guy that was made a Seychelles, a guy that feels the club, a guy that I don't, I don't know how much Porto played for 2. him. 2.5 or whatever it was. I would have I I mean, gambled that, it. That's a, that's cheap man he's That's better cheap. than ferro he's better today absolutely he's better than ferro absolutely. he's better than morato today he would have been an adequate replacement for one of our three stars but what message if you go and grab fabio cardoso when you got morato who's primed to be in the main team right not prime but saying he's been waiting his shot and now he's, he's finally getting up there what message does that send to morato afraid you asked me this question i feel like we're going back to when Feja, uh, when Feja, when Ferro was loaned out to Valencia, and you said, what message does he send to these guys? Bro, this is, and I remember, this is big boy football, okay? When you play at a big club like Benfica, nothing is guaranteed. And when spots and roster spots and playing position, all this stuff starts being guaranteed, this is when the drop in the competitive level drops. Nothing should be guaranteed at Benfica. So, Morato, if you want some guaranteed, pick up your game. Step it up. And I get it. A lot of you guys want the youngsters to play, as do I. But the one thing that aggravates me is, ladies and gentlemen, pick one. Do you want to be a developmental club or do you want to win titles in Portugal? Because it's pretty hard to do both. I know Sporty did it last year. Sporty played one game a week. It took a world pandemic for these guys to finally win a title. So, it wasn't that easy. Right. But Benfica doesn't have the luxury of playing these kids week in, week out and then putting up the best results because the same people that are on Twitter and social media and at the stadium, they're all harping for these young kids to be starting for Benfica will be the same guys that three, four weeks into the season when Benfica isn't putting up the results that they're expected to put up. They're the same guys that are calling for the coach to get fired. You can't have both. 
We don't have the luxury of being patient. Now, if a kid is ready, play him. But I'm not going to be worried about bringing in a Fabio Cardozo because I'm going to hurt somebody else's feelings. If I think that that player can reach that level, then I'm not bringing in a Fabio Cardozo. But if I have doubts about this player, whoever it may be, it's not in person on Murata. I'm just saying, name the player. Name a center back. If I have doubts about this such player that I've been developing for the last couple of years and I can't, I don't think that they could get to a certain level and there's a guy I could pick up for 2.5 mil. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's, that's I, I thought no it was a, I thought it was a no-brainer also for me. But like I said, looking at the depth chart in that position and understanding that you have limited resources that you and you rather spend your money elsewhere, I, I get what the move was. But to me, it was a no-brainer. It's a guy that was made in Seychal, a Benfiquista, and now he's he's joined Porto. And I'm pretty sure he's going to have success there. Well, Fred, the, sure. the problem I have, and this is not your fault, right? But the problem I have is when you tell me, well, you know, Benfica's got a little budget or whatever. You just spent 100 million. You mean to tell me 2.5 mil is a lot? That's what's going to break your back. <laughs> no, but the priority is elsewhere. But for 2.5 mil. What's to say that we didn't attempt to go after him and then we just got beat out by Paul? Nah, no, nah, I think he would have He would have chose Benfica. I, yeah, this that's a, that's what I think. This too. is a diehard Benfica. I think you would have chosen me. That, that's what I think too. I just thought the priority, and I think I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks when we talk about Fabio Cardozo, is that the priority was uh, was elsewhere in terms of how the money was going to get spent. You spent a hundred million last season. You're you're in the red right now. <laughs> uh, and maybe it, Benfica thought they were being taken for a ride since they got caught napping two years ago when. Somebody's put out the word that he was going to Porto, and all of a sudden, if he gave him a four-year deal, five-year deal, whatever it was, making him one of the highest-paid players on the team, maybe they thought, ah, it's not going to happen. Had Benfica known he was going to Porto, did Benfica would chase him? No, I think I think that he was ready for one of the big three clubs. You know, either either he could have he could have even gone to Braga. I think that was a that would have been an upgrade uh, from Santa Clara. Obviously, nothing against Santa Clara, but. Uh, the, the the size of the club is, is completely different. So I think that, uh, you know, yeah, he was ready for to, to make the jump to, to a bigger team, definitely. I, I think that Benfica was caught sleeping on this one. Um, it, that's my honest opinion. But again, that might be other motives why Benfica didn't pick him up. Um, anyway, but talking about transfers, let's let's uh, look at some some rumors and some some facts that have happened uh, while we've been away. So apparently, um, Galatasaray in Turkey has said that Benfica is not parting ways with Jetson, so Jetson is is staying. Another polyvalent. We're not letting them go unless you meet our request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anybody has a price. Uh, yeah, exactly. So anybody has a price. But and here's here's the other thing. What, I mean, what's the price? I don't What's, know. 15 mil? 15, yeah, that's mil? it. That's it. That's it. For Jetson, that's a, that's a lot. Um, I just think that, like Stiano said, once that Champions League comes around and qualify, now it's all of a sudden is going to untie a lot of people's hands. A lot of people's hands. Um, here's Sheik Morislino with a question. To me, we keep Vinny and signing left back and the right back. Two strong guys that can defend the wings. Uh well is is my priority. Sign a right back. I think that I I don't. What do you I, do with the legend Almeidings? He's coming back. <laughs> what do you mean? Come I on. The I guy. don't think that um, I don't think that Gil Diaz is 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 competition for Grimaldo. And uh, 
that to me is worrisome because Grimaldo, we all know Grimaldo has his shortcomings. And I think that if you have a guy that can compete with him week in, week out, he's, Grimaldo has no chance but to elevate, um, elevate his game. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand what you. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're trying to figure out the laptops running out of battery, guys. So for those of you that are wondering, what's right there, Bruno, the last one, the white one, yes. That's what she said. Oh, pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it. Tira dest met the kinest. Tira dest met the kinest. Tira tira met met. Tira tira met met. But yeah, look, man, I'm tired of talking. So so yeah so apparently Jetson is staying. Uh, who else do we got? Uh, Gabriel is on the way out. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Gabriel is on the Good way riddance. out. Somebody who was relegated to the B team apparently they're working on rescinding his contract. Um, I wouldn't surprise me that if if he stays in Portugal, he loves be, Portugal. There will be a a funeral reception in Portugal if Samadis is gone at Benfica. You're going to see the protests. protests. Yes. Manifestations. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like put, they had this uh, these past few days, right? I, How many people were there, uh, Chris? I put they the had 15 the... people and, and, and at least seven of them were waiting for the kids to come to practice. <laughs> <laughs> if the day that is announced that Samadis is Benfica, I will send the National Guard to Vastagama and Vincent Tavril make sure nobody jumping off because there's going to be a lot of... Yeah. Heartbroken people. Sheikh Marcelina, I agree with you, man. Grimaldo keeps making the same mistakes in def- defense uh, year after year. Yeah. I mean, we all know that Grimaldo has his shortcomings. And I don't think that uh, Gil Diaz is, is an upgrade or even somebody that can compete. I got a great idea. Jetson. Those of you that want to know my thoughts on Grimaldo, go back to what, three preseasons ago? <laughs> back this time, like three years ago, and then go to the second year and the third And I don't think it's changed much. Yeah. Don't crack on Gil. Gil. Julie is from my hometown. Don't crack on the guy. That guy gets a pass. I, I don't, uh, Chico. I don't think he's uh, he's much of a competition, to be honest with you. I don't, I haven't been impressed with him. Who? Julie is. Come yeah. on, it's impressive. He made it from my hometown to Benfica. <laughs> That's impressive. Gary B says, give somebody a position as an ambassador at Benfica. I don't know about that. Bro. No, I don't know I about just, that just, either. Just cut your ties. Um, when you decided to, as Cristiano mentioned, when you decided to to sign him. Uh, you give them hefty contract, and you know that needs to come. That needs to come out. Yeah, but if you said if he's making them an ambassador, I don't think they're gonna keep paying on the same salary. He wants to. He wants to, pay, he wants to play, dude. You, you think he goes to a rival? No. In Portugal, I think he ends up at uh, he may end up yeah. at a Guimarães or something Ooh. like that. In Portugal, yeah. Oh, I think he leaves. He might, Portugal. He, yeah, he might go to Greece. He, he loves Portugal. At least he'll no. stay in Lisbon. He leaves. He'll Portugal. stay in Lisbon. I think he leaves it's too Portugal. too low of a team for him. I think he's got a market. He's got a market. Uh, dude, he he's an international player. He's not currently an international player, but he's a player that's featured for Greece. Yeah, look, ain't nobody tripping over to sign him, tripping over themselves <laughs> to sign him. But I do think as that as a free agent, even as a free agent. Yeah. But I think, but I think that there's teams in Greece and and you know other leagues. Um, and again, it depends on his agent, how good his agent is. But I'm pretty sure that there's other spots that the guy could get some playing time. Yeah, Sheik Marcelino was saying Lazaro from Inter and Renilda from Lila are good. Ah, look, Lazaro, I would take Lazaro because he, he could play the whole right side. Renilda is going to port, from what I understand. O Renilda. Renilda, cara. <laughs> cara, é o rei do. Uh, I don't know. I never tá heard indo, of that guy. Tá indo para Porto. Beleza, beleza. Uh, Lazaro, I like him because, as I said, he, he could do the whole right flank. He could play right back. And especially if Benfica, I've always said my favorite formation to play is a 3 4 3, a 3 5 2. But you need the two horses on the outside, right? And if you get a guy like Lazaro, and I could play that guy as my 
quote unquote wing back and he could just do the whole flank. I would do it in a heartbeat. He's got he's got a huge motor. Um and he's you a never very know. interesting player. So I would I would absolutely take him. The the prospect of playing in the Champions League is something that is going to attract players. Nobody wants to not play European ball. And when you get to share a locker room with the legend Andre Almeida, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, it looks like uh, Alpha Smith is on the, the way to uh, Guimarães on a loan with a 1.5 uh, mil option. And Vlakodim is generating interest from Lille. So, you know, what happens if Vlakodim leaves? Do we go and pick up another goalie? Leo, Leo, Leo. Now you got, you got Svilar. Got Svilar as a number two in last year contract. Think, Need to keep him happy. Benfica is going to have to, you know, take the dude out for a milkshake. You know, little French fries and chicken fingers, you know, before they take him to the dance. They got to, you know, so. Before you um, take him to the dance. Yeah, before you're buying tickets to the dance, you got to treat him well a little bit. And I think if you could do everything they can to to show to him and prove to him that, look, we have serious intentions. And what better way to show that they're serious about the kid playing in the future by naming him number two and maybe, you know, let him compete for the number one spot with the uh, health and milk. So, what a, what so a, who become who becomes our uh, third goalie? Uh the kid from uh, I forget his name Samu? now. No. Yeah, Samu. 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 Good job. Samu is the guy that Benfica uh Samuel Suarez, I think yeah, his yeah, name is. Yeah, That's his name. That's his name. Benfica will be interested. Yeah, they're you know Samuel Jumpe. What uh what questions do you guys have for us that you haven't already asked as we uh get ready to close out the podcast? We'll we'll let that uh, air yeah. out because it's this is about a short a 10, one. It's been 10, an hour already. 10 15 minute uh 10 15 minute delay. 10, 15 minute, 10, 15 second delay between Hearst Live and, and the uh, people that are on uh, on YouTube. What, uh, hey, hey, Chris, what do you think about uh, CJ? What about him? CJ Dos Santos? Yeah. Look, I CJ Dos Santos is one of the one, one, one of the players I don't like to talk about often because I obviously have a personal relationship with him and his family. And uh, but my honest, my honest opinion on the kid is that. He is a fantastic goalkeeping prospect. We're talking about a 6'4", 6'5", kid that could play with the ball at his feet like many midfielders could. He's agile. He's quick enough. He could absolutely play that goalkeeper position like, you know, with the best of them at that age group. A uh, kid that's been a U.S. national uh, team player for many, many years. Um, he just got called up last December to USA's main national team. So, again, you I, I know some of you listening to this, with scoff at, you know, the fact that it's the United States. But at the end of the day, the United States has always been good at the goalkeeper position. So when a guy like CJ, whomever it is, who, who, you know, the Horbats of the world, whomever it is, when these guys get that opportunity and get named to the U.S. national team, it's something that's, that should be taken serious. So it's, they don't just call up any old bum because the one position that the United States has always been strong at has been at goalkeeper. So I do think that there's something there. But again, like many or like any other young goalkeeper, they have to play. And CJ needs an opportunity. And for some reason, um, he's not getting that opportunity at Benfica. No. We don't no. know why, but he's not getting it. So it, it's probably in his best interest to, to, you know, to go play somewhere. But he needs a club that's going to believe in him. He needs a club that's yeah. going to give him an opportunity. Because I do think that this kid gets playing time. We're talking about two, three years from now. We're talking about a serious goalkeeper. Because there's not many goalkeepers his size that could do what he could do. But again, like many young goalkeepers, they need to get the kinks out, just like yeah. Svilar. When Svilar played in that, that Champions League game, made that mistake, he kind of played with his mind for a little while, but he's getting over it. You could tell at least he's being a professional body. He, got, he went down to the B team when many of us thought he wouldn't go. He's been playing with regularity in the B team. He's, you know, His performances picked up week after week, 
and he kind of worked out the kinks. And CJ Dos Santos, who I have the utmost trust and belief that this kid will be legit yeah. in a few years, but he needs to play. And for some reason, right now, Benfica, there's other guys that are getting the opportunity yeah. ahead of and, them. And we don't – I mean, look, there's always a lot of things that happen in the background that we're not aware of, you know, uh, agent influences, sponsorship influences, stuff like that. Uh, Shiku Marcelino, who are the replacements to Everton and Rafa on the wings? Pizzi can do the right side. And what about the the, the left side? That, that's, a, that's a good question because as I am – Watching Benfica play against Marseille with Pizzi on the right and Rafa on the left, when Everton comes, what happens? Is is Pizzi gonna sit or is Rafa gonna sit? Well, it's gonna be. It's. It, I'm glad that that question came up because I was gonna ask you this before, but then I knew you wanted to talk about uh, Maite and all this a little bit later on. But the question I was gonna, yo, if you name in the starting eleven, who's gonna be your right winger? So it's gonna be Pizzi or or or, or, or Rafa, but one of those. Are going to be the odd man out. One of them is going to go, and it's a good problem for Ben for us Benfica fans. It's a good problem because that means you got a valuable asset off the bench that could come in and change things around. Yeah. So it's good, you know. It's not a bad problem, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, I mean, if one of those guys gets injured, and then you're down to two as opposed to three, then that's the problem. Who are going to be the guys that that you know make that next step up to to get those all important minutes? Yeah, no, it's it's going to be tricky because I think that Everton. Especially if Everton carries the 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 adaptation that he had throughout last season and towards the end of the season, we saw the real Everton. Is this going to be a new Everton that when he starts from from the beginning of the season and something that's more similar to what we saw towards the end of the season? If this is the Everton that comes in now, I I find it hard that uh, he's not going to be a starter. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing also. When you're playing this 3-4-3 system that JJ's playing in, where if you go to a 3-5-2, you really don't need the two wingers in a 3-5-2 because you're going to have the three guys in the middle. Let's just say you got the three guys in the back. You got Gonçalves on the other, Andrea, Andrezinho on the right, Grimaldo on the left, the corridors. Then you got João Mario, Vigo, Meite in the middle, and then the two strikers. You don't really need those wingers. So you could go, you could get around it that way. If you play a 3-4-3, you could also play, let's say uh, Everton gets... God forbid gets injured and he's out for an extended period of time. You could play the Darwins of the world. You see that Darwin likes to tuck in on the left, so he'd probably take that role. He could play that role because when you're playing that 3-4-3, there isn't that much of a defensive responsibility or much of a role in that play. So you can play a Darwin. You could play maybe Gonzalo Ramos. You could play a little bit different. But now in the old school format, in a 4-3-3, or you're playing a 4-4-2, then, especially a 4-4-2, because then you got the two and it's going to be Rafa or Pizzi. One of them has to sit. Everything's going to be on the other side. And God forbid one of those guys gets hurt. You're going to see the Gildias of the world. You're going to see maybe Grimaldo play the left mid. He's going to have to move things around. But right now, off the top of my mind, there aren't many other options. I mean, you got yeah. the kid Paul Bernardo. Could he play on the right mid? He's more of a center guy. Yeah. But, but if he can play right back, I like to believe he can play right mid. We got Jetson also. For now. Yeah. Um, Shiku Marcelino, I agree with you, man. I thought that Walshmit was a little bit of a, of a disappointment last last year, uh, especially a kid that came so highly touted uh, as a, as a great talent, German national team player, main national team player. Uh, I thought that he went down uh, a little bit, but I mean, can we scrap 
all of last year in terms of performance? Because if JJ said, you know, oh, we were affected by COVID, blah, 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 blah. So maybe we could scrap all of that and we'll see a new Walshmit. I don't know, man. I I think I I I'm kind of pulling from him for him. Um he's another guy that gets lost in the shuffle. He does get lost in the shuffle because there's so many options. Look, we just named five strikers. I wouldn't even mention him. I always thought of him as really more of a second. Yeah, I know, but but either way, Not we really. still didn't mention him. Yeah. And we talked so much about that op. Yeah. But the thing about Weigel, I mean Weigel, I'm sorry, about Walshmit is I and, and we talked about it last year, Alfredo. I thought that he would get a little bit more involved in the play. He's more of a striker than he is a false nine. Yeah, um, like a guy that combines. Yeah, he's more. He's like Jonas was a false nine. He could come back, get the ball, get, and I expect. I thought Walshman was at the, in in again last year was last year. We'll see. We got. Yeah, we're gonna have to clean the slate on these guys. Yeah, we do. And we'll see. Maybe look. Maybe with the addition of a Joao Mari, what am I saying? And get that, get that, sh- the middle of the park shored up. Maybe these feed. guys play a little bit freedom a lot. They don't have to worry so much about getting back because I know that that plays on my on players' minds. Having to get back defensively and do those roles. Maybe we see a different Walshmit, but from what I seen last year, I thought he was a guy that could get a little bit more involved than he didn't. So I, in my book at least, going into this, he, he's more of an out and out striker than he is a guy that can link up play. Yeah. yeah. Nunduka is asking what player we're answering your questions, by the way. So if you have any questions, please, uh, please type them up on the chat. What player do you real realistically want to see at Benfica this summer? That's a That's a tough Al question for me. And I know my day. I'll still the, get Al Muzrati. The thing on, on Muzrati, right? Um, yes, you're picking up from Braga, but for the amount that they were asking, and I think it was like 20 million that they were asking for him. You're picking up a player, but all of a sudden, you're funding their ability to get a couple guys that can make a huge difference in their squad and they can make their, their squad extremely competitive. I do like yeah, them. But either way, they're competitive. I mean, look, here's the thing. You're right, but it's not with $10 that you're going to get another Al Muzrati. He's going to be a difficult player to replace as well. Right, but what did they get him for? I don't, but who cares? That's not our concern. Yeah, no, it, it it's not. Now, but now, I'm, I'm I, just saying, twelve mil, you'd be subsidizing twelve mil. Twelve, Alfredo, whether it's us, somebody else, and they go get Al Muzrat, they're gonna be subsidized. It is part of football. Twelve mil plus, come on, bro, the Murid is legend. Chiquinho. <laughs> I mean, it makes you know what I mean. Twelve million plus Chiquinho and and uh, the the right back. Joao Fred, I wouldn't do Joao Fred. Come on, you almost had the the, the U.S. I mean, the, the Italian national team goalkeeper Matias Perin for Joao Fred, and now you're gonna send them for Al Musrati. <laughs> um. What else we got here? What'd you like to see? You didn't answer the question. I don't know, man. It's tough. Bruno, and, you and over there the, playing computer? And, and I mean, for me, for me, go ahead. Out of the people that we've spoke about and and brought up, Costa, for several reasons, Diego obviously, Costa. you know, yeah, Diego Costa, obviously, Diego. not only because Diego. Diego, I'm sorry, you're right, Diego Costa. The microphone. not only, uh, not only because so behind the scenes, guy. he would he would bring value, I think, to the team, but you know, it's been said before, it'd be a nice matchup to see him versus Pep again, uh. And I, th- I think, <laughs> uh, bro. I think it'll also bring a little bit of visibility to the to the Portuguese league. You know, you're gonna bring a little of that uh, Spanish rivalry into Portugal. Spanish. Well, yeah, that's where the rivalry started. Pep versus uh, 
Costa. No, when he was at Braga, but nobody knew about Diego Costa at yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that there's a lot of people, a lot of teams, as they approach the final stages of their preseason, that there's going to be players that they're going to be cut. And Befica hasn't done this in a long, long time. Where look at the list of these players that, whether it's Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester United, Manchester City, look at the list of those players. Try to grab one of those players on a loan with an option, and have the parent club uh, pay their their wages. Should we go any further than than a Man United reject the Benfica legend Karel Poboski? <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that's I, what I'm saying. But, but Alfredo, but I agree with you. Get the yes, of the world. I agree with you a thousand percent. But right now, right, right now, I don't. know. The atmosphere in the club is not something that I want to leave a club like that. When I, I'm pretty sure a lot of players leaving the Manchester United is a real. They have other options, right? And again, Wait, Champions League. But the Champions League. If been again, as I stated at the beginning of the yep. podcast, this is all going to boil down to if Benfica qualifies for the Champions League. I believe there will be players leaving. There will be players joining. But Benfica has to be amongst the big boys. If you want to go in those plantes, if you want to go to those rosters and pluck away, you know, the region. I know that right now you could get <laughs> Philippe Coutinho for like 20 million. But then you got to pay his $14 million salary. But yeah. you can... <laughs> well, well, that's the trick. You, the parent club has to shoulder some of that, uh, the salary obligations. Yeah. Um, if Luca Walschmidt was a Seychelles Academy product, he would get the Jota treatment and get loaned to some Alaves. Valladolid, Valladolid. That's, that's but the yeah. yeah, I mean, look, he wasn't. <laughs> they invested a lot of money on him. He wasn't impressive last year. I'll say that. He had a couple moments, but I think he wasn't the player we all anticipated he was going to be. But again, we could say that about Darwin. We could say that about Everton. The only guy realistically that came in last year and lived up to the hype was the great Gilberto. No, I'm joking. It was Otamendi. And even Otamendi at the very beginning, you know, he had a gaff, whatever, but then Otamendi asserted himself. But for the most part, everyone that came in struggled for, for huge chunks of the season. Yeah. Everton turned it around right at, towards the end, what, the last four or five games? That's when he kind of picked things up, and we hope that that's the Everton we see coming into this year. But for the most part, everyone out of that hundred and whatever it was spent was a disappointment. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, I, I agree with you. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, we got here. Yeah. Noon Duke says Diego Costa would scare Porto. He would scare most of the people that play against him. He's a freaking beast. I mean, but then again, he's a beast. He hasn't played what in 18 months or whatever it was. I don't know. Not 18 yeah. months, but it's been a while. It's been a, a huge chunk. Yeah. What kind of what kind of what kind of uh, Diego Costa would we be getting in? Would it be another guy that's coming in like Maite that's out of having shape? Which, of come highest, on, it makes no sense. One of the highest salaries, also. It's not uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be the highest yeah, player on the team. Absolutely. I'm a free agent. I'm looking to make a move out of Torino, and I'm out of shape. I mean, what the like? Yep. I'm that doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Well, look, it, it, one of those Vieta deals. Some maybe. guys just don't have that uh, that work ethic. I don't know. Vieta was a little tied up. He could have made. Uh, <laughs> he didn't have time. Hugo Ferreira, Almuzrati, Diego Costa, and Alex Vidal. He plantel fechado. Yeah, it's <laughs> those are three names, man. Those are three. Otamendi should be the only player wearing the captain's armband. What about when he's not on the field? Tarot. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. We all know 
You guys, see, I love you guys, but Hugo, thanks for chiming in, by the way. Appreciate it. But come on, we forget. Capitão Almeidinhos, he's yeah. back. He's going to wear the armband. Yeah. I'm, I don't know, I'm, but JJ I'm, does things differently. I'm better know. with Almeidinhos than, than Pizzi, to be honest with you. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I can't stand Pizzi. El Capitan. <laughs> Non posso com a cara Yo, del pa. The greatest right back in Bifica history, bro. Dude, he's look. I'll tell you this much. After Veloso, he's probably got the law. He was been there nine years. You, you were talking too too much before, and I lost my train of thought because I wanted to ask you. You because you were talking about me talking. There is a, a succession plan in terms of Benfica understanding what they have in in their background or the B team that could step up for somebody. And Nelson Smith was that exact was an example of that where you let Moxie. Go and every all of a sudden everybody's. I'm oh, glad you bring up Nelson Smith because you mentioned before inside news, right? Vinicius only played three minutes. Nelson Smith that preseason played zero minutes. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He, he, played, played, he played here. No, what he, are you talking about? He played at Red Bull. That was the first time we saw him, and you said oh, you yeah, were impressed did. by did, him. No, top two, first half. Then he got subbed out. I never <laughs> played up, again. Let's not, let's not bring that that sub. <laughs> he got subbed out at halftime. Never played again for like five years. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's the dude's name? That that year, I think he uh, uh Smith got injured and they brought they brought up a kid. He played one game. He was champion. Never bless you, bless you, bless you, Marco, some bless you, something, something like, like that. Something like that. Bless you. That's the guy. That was the guy. Yes, yes. And yes, now he's yes. playing in like Russian or Thailand or something. Is he even playing? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Anyway, but yeah. What's the success? Look, it's I, it's a succession plan. Yeah. I don't look, Alfredo. It, could I look, man? And, and I hope they're not listening to this. Over there at the, at the loser, say y'all, but I, I think majority of these people don't know if they got a job tomorrow. I mean, they don't know when the, the lights are going to be shut off on them at any point. So I don't the success. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. Hugo says there he's in Belgium. You're right. He's in an obscure it league. I know that. Would you say Belgium, Russia, Thailand? Thailand. It's close. <laughs> it's right there. China, Russia. So, yo, it's all a flight away. It's yeah, right there. That's right. <laughs> anyway, that is all um, we got for you next week, Bruno. Bruno didn't say Bruno didn't say much, but then we like it that way, right? Yeah, that's it. What do you mean? You don't need me to say a lot. <laughs> Bruno was controlling our um, our comments, so if if the comments weren't put up, blame Bruno, blame Bruno, Bruno Hugo. Bruno. Um, it's the only reason why Hugos are being up there because he knows him personally. Of course, of course. <laughs> Who doesn't Hugo know? Um, but anyway, next week we'll be back. We'll we'll preview. Uh, the the official start of the season for Benfica, uh, the game against Spartak Moscow in Moscow, yes. uh, and also the start of the league, which starts that weekend. Uh, Sporting will play Braga this weekend, uh, so Portuguese football is back for the Super Cup um, this Saturday or Sunday, and they will have people in the stands, from what I understand. So, so according to the way I see this. As long as it's not Benfica playing in any of these finals, you could have people. If Benfica's playing, nope, is that what it is? Is that what I'm getting here? That's what I it feels like. Right? What I had the same thought today when they, they announced that Russia, the Super sure. Tasa was uh, 16,000 fans. Where's, 16, where, where's the Super Tasa being played? Coimbra? <laughs> Coimbra or Leria? I was being sarcastic about Coimbra, but. Coimbra or Leria? Or Aveiro? I don't know. I don't know why they stopped doing it in Aveiro. That was always. Maybe it was always the Super Tasa place. Man, I don't know. Maybe Hugo can tell us. Hugo is all, he got the inside Hugo information. Hugo don't know his elbow from his pinky, man. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so that's all we got uh, for you. Thank you uh, all uh, 
10, 11 people that were watching us live, man. We really, we appreciate you. Uh, we hit a little bit more than 11. I know. I know Alfredo's being a Debbie Downer. I appreciate you. Aveiro. You a hometown. Yeah. It's, this is to celebrate. You cannot say that Aveiro is your hometown when you're from a little, a little fishing village down the coast. Is this guy, are you like serious right now? I can't that say that is Lisbon. the dumbest comment. I can't say that Stubble you, is my hometown. That's the dumbest comment you've made in the history of the Benfica podcast. Oh, and you said some players should play some. How is Aveiro your hometown? How? Let me ask you a question, my man. You're let from Gafanya. How is that Aveiro? Yeah, Gil Diaz, by the way, Benfica player. Don't don't get that messed up. Here's a question for so you. So Gil Diaz is also from Aveiro in that case. It, <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> you, were born, you were born in Jersey, right? All right. What town were you born in Jersey? It was St. Michael's. In, where were you in born? In Jersey. That's it. Doesn't matter. There we go. Born I, was born, I was born in Livingston. Yes. Okay. Yes. Where's Livingston belong to? Is it not New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I thought you were going to tell me. To a town. No, I thought you were going to tell me like, oh, you were born in Livingston, but you say I you're was, from Newark, and I was going to say, yeah, because I was raised in Newark. I was born at Hospital Lavi. Oh, get out of here, bro. I'm not right? from Livingston, though. I was born in Livingston. I was, was born in Hospital of it. In my hometown. Because they didn't have hospitals in, in my hometown. Home, <laughs> in my hometown is 10 minutes. What this guy's laughing? Like, like every city in America's no got way, a, every city in America's got a hospital. Every town in America's got a hospital. Come on, you guys say something. Nobody has a hospital. This is a conversation that you guys are just gone. mad. Take care, everyone. You're not from Aveda. You're mad you're not from Aveda. Later.